mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name's Nicole. You're laughing already. What are you laughing at? Because <laughs> you like had your mouth really close to the mic. Stand um, back, stand back and say it. Hello. Oh, we'll just do the podcast <laughs> like this. All right. Welcome to How are you, Dad? Podcast. <laughs> it's a movie podcast. It's... It's like as though you're trying to yell out to me to, in Australia. Yeah, if way. I shout loud enough, we won't even need Zoom. Yeah. Fucking, what are we going on about? Let's, let's just move your podcast. <laughs> yeah, this week we've got another episode and it's movies set in a day was our theme, wasn't it? So yes, that was our theme. Later, but we've got three sections. Anything goes, the main bit where we talk about those films and then stitch up. And you lost last week and you had to watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. The squeak would walk. I, if we, if we went for 24 hours, would I have won? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> I got, I looked at the final results a couple of days ago, actually, because I thought about that and no, you still, there was, I think there was two more votes after we'd um, cut it off and then you'd lost, it was 53%, I think it was. And I can prove it. I can. No, I no, can it's fine. That. I watched the movie today. It's all good. Good. Moving on. What's been <laughs> happening with you, week, Dan? <laughs> um, same old, like running, uh, exercising a lot, making the most of the sun, working on my tan lines. I've been doing a lot of looking into, like watching YouTube videos about healthy eating and that sort of stuff. And I fucking love Cocoa Pops. So I've been trying to find evidence <laughs> where, like I've been trying to find a reality where Cocoa Pops are good for you. And I found some <laughs> some articles that said, Oh, cocoa pops! Eat them after a, a workout. It's amazing because, like, apparently it's a sugar thing. And uh, so I, that, I just, it just made me laugh. It amused me because I thought that's definitely that's the definition of confirmation bias. I really love cocoa pops, <laughs> <laughs> so I get to eat them now yeah. after a workout. I haven't had coke. I can't even remember the last time I had cocoa pops. I don't know, maybe I had it once at work. Yeah, I used to eat them at work. But but before that, God, it would have been. Decades ago, when I was well, a kid, maybe you're slacking. Cocoa pops are the best cereal ever made. <laughs> if you want to go if you want to if you want to take your cocoa pops game up a notch as well, then I've got a I've got a little secret for you, right? Oh yeah, go on. So what you do on special occasions, right? I'm trying to be healthy, so I'm not doing it right now. But it's my birthday coming up in a couple of weeks, so yeah. on my birthday, I'm going to have this for breakfast, and it's a bowl of cocoa pops, and you get yeah. a bag of uh, giant chocolate buttons. And you break up them that so they're in half for chocolate buttons, and you just put them in the, in the cocoa pops, and you just pour milk all over them, and you just go for it. You just go chocolate buttons with cocoa pops. Honestly, it's that sounds it's epic. That sounds way too much. It's brilliant. And another good one is cocoa pops with Oreos. Do the same thing. Oh, Oreos <laughs> sounds all right. Honestly, but choc- chocolate melts that just sounds like too much. Too much chocolate. Like I love chocolate. I'm like addicted to chocolate, but yeah cocoa pops and chocolate mm. but See, cocoa I, pops and oreos absolutely they both work you can do it with anything as well put chuck a twix in there if you like i've had deep fried oreo before when i was in the states uh is that an american thing they deep fry everything they do deep fried mars bar deep fried hot dogs deep fried you name it i had a chocolate banana once in the states have you ever had one of those it was a frozen no. banana, that's right, because I used to, me and yeah, my mate, yeah, of course. me and my mate Tom used to watch um, Arrested Development, and uh, 
I had oh, yeah, yeah. I had a frozen <laughs> George Michael, the kid in it. He worked on a he worked worked on a frozen banana stand. And when me and my mate um got to where were we? I think we were like near Newport Beach or something in California. No. And we saw a frozen banana stand and we went fucking ape shit. And we're like, oh my God, we're going to get a frozen banana. <laughs> and it was the best, it might be the best day of my life. What have you been up to? Uh, what have How's I been up donuts? to? Yeah, I made, yes, I made donuts from scratch and icing and everything. Did my quick stop motion. And my best friend, actually, when we did the podcast, she texted me on the day. She's like, hey, what are you doing Thursday? Yeah. I was like, I was already planning to pop over. So I went to her house, surprised her with a donut bouquet. Were you pleased with it? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was happy. Oh, there was a little bit that it was like out of focus. So yeah. it was like I edited it a few days later. I was like, ah, oh, well, I can't do anything about that now. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. You're stuck with it. Yeah, well, I didn't. I did oh. another one this this Monday. Um, so I'll probably publish that maybe later in the week. Yeah. One of the one of our kids for Make a Wish, she's getting her wish on Saturday, so it's part of her. It's part of that wish. is it? Yeah. Oh, lovely! All right, so you're going to post that on um, social media as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also I went for a hike yesterday with my best mate, her yep. um, fiance, and one of her housemates at Mount Macedon. That was really lovely. Oh, nice. Quite foggy and it was drizzling a little bit, but not. not Drizz what rain? You, yeah. In Australia, it's, it's winter. It's winter here, man. Yeah, but it's you don't have rain, winter. do you? Yeah, in, in Melbourne you do. It, I thought we got rain. It'd be like uh, Melbourne's kind of like New Zealand weather, I guess. So can change from fucking one second to the next. Oh yes, we get four seasons in one day in Melbourne. Yeah, crazy. Have you been watching much stuff other than the podcast films and, and whatnot? Yeah. No more um, reality TV, have you? No, no. no. <laughs> do you know what i went on i went on netflix the other day and i, and I, I just because now we've spoken about it a couple of times it's just in there now and i can remember it's too hot to handle and every now and again it just niggles at me it's like well you could just watch it. it's just this and i just got like this little devil on my shoulder and it's going watch the reality tv show i went on i went on netflix did you watch it episode no, it is. It's on Netflix, but I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. I, I, I was literally hovering over the, the the like start button, and I, I, and then I sort of came to my senses. I was like, "What the fuck are you yeah. doing?" Yeah. yeah, there's better shit out there to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. I watched um two. Well, one of them I think is is gonna be a series. Oh, I don't. I don't know if they'll continue to season two, but I watch Little Fires Everywhere. That's on Prime. It was uh, eight episode series yeah i wonder if they will do a second season why is it they kind of they kind of wrapped it up at the end of uh, episode eight it's about um mother and daughter that uh they move around a lot because she's an artist and yeah. they find a they find this rental and reese with the spoon she's one of the main leading actors and she notices that they're homeless so she ends up letting them take the place for a really uh, renting the place for a really cheap price and throughout the episodes you try to wonder like what's this backstory between this mother and daughter and Pearl who's the daughter she doesn't know who like her dad or like how she how she came about kind of thing so you find that through the series 
and it's based in the 90s which I was I kind of love that you know there was like they're watching tv and there was like Ricky Lake on there was a bit of Spice Girls in the background the the music tracks and that just reminded me when I was that young like a 90s 90s nostalgia vibe yeah exactly yeah Yeah, I I guess I'm kind of like that with the 90s and but the 80s more so for me because I'm older. Yeah, because 90s was, you were a teen then, right? Were you a teenager? <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other miniseries that I watched was Chernobyl. Oh, you! I've been and meaning to watch that. You need to watch it, mate. I know, Albert told to me I need it. to watch it. Is, it that, is that on Netflix? Uh, no, that was on Foxtel. I don't, it might be on Netflix in the UK, I'm not sure, because they tend to be different. But yes, it was... There is times where you can't look at the screen, like because it's too obviously, graphic. yeah, you yeah. just like seeing a human that you know their skin is literally rotting away. Oh my god! Like I, there was one point. So one of it's uh, a wife comes in and you know she's wanting to be with her husband and she's like with him near till the end of his death and you just yeah. like the last moments of him and i just looked i was like oh i can't i can't look at this and this is just, this is real footage is it or is it recreation no this recreation they do show okay. a little bit of uh real footage at the end yeah it's like the characters and the, yeah the characters of the film so the mini series so is it shot like um is it shot like a documentary though like so they're talking no. it's not at all is it's dramatization yeah holy shit all right yeah okay. um well i'm not i mean <laughs> i'm not sure that's the sort of thing i need to watch to pick me up at the moment to be honest I'm no to- no <laughs> definitely not did you i send you a link for emma did you watch that no it sounded that's interesting nice. i know you sent it through and I, I read the synopsis and it sounded quite good but i just haven't mm. i've done it i haven't been in the mood for it it's about um a couple who they couldn't have a child, so they adopted this child, and um, he was a bit of trouble. So they gave him back to the adoption agency, but in a way, they they want to get this child back. So she finds a way to kind of get within the new family. It's really I won't go too much into more details about that, but it's interesting. Yeah, don't spoil it. And the other really uh, good international film that I watched was Tomboy. So it's a French film and this French family moved to a different, uh, different neighborhood. Yeah. And, uh, the local kids think Lara, Lara, I think her name is, they think she's a boy. So she just goes along with it. Yeah. Cause she's got short hair and the way she dresses kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So it's about like identity, is it? Hmm. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you've been watching? I've watched, uh, I watched quite a f- I actually watched a few shows. I watched Space Force, which is a new Steve Carell thing on Netflix, which was... Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. Is it okay? It's not worth watching? So it's all right. It's, I watched it. I think I watched the first episode and the only reason I carried on watching it is because it was very, very easy. It was just like, yeah. not that funny, but easy to watch. There were funny bits in it. So I would say don't bother. Unless you want okay. to, you just want to switch your brain off and just put on without changing the channel, then yeah. Uh, films wise, yeah, Crazy Stupid Love, Pet, Stakeland, Stakeland Two, The Light, Watch The Lighthouse. Finally, 
Um, oh, yeah. The Discovery. Oh, no, I was thinking The Lake House. I was like, oh, that's very not like you. <laughs> no, it's not the fucking Lake House. The, lake house. Um, the Discovery, The Lovebirds, Good Time. I watched Good Time for the first time, and that is excellent. That's really, really good. What's that now? I, well, Good Time. Yeah, I've heard uh, of Robert, it. Robert Pattinson, he uh, and his brother basically are, uh, they've robbed the bank, and his brother's his brother's got a yeah. disability and it's about one it's about i think it's set in one night again and um just about robert pattinson's character really what he what he does to try and avoid getting caught and all that stuff and it's yeah it's good it's, it's really good high tension high drama film um cape fear which is a bit of a a, a favorite of mine from my childhood um, which is mm. very disturbing because it is a disturbing film predator 2 Mm. Angel has fallen, oh, and God. which is much, <laughs> it's much better than London has fallen. It's yeah. miles better. Uh, first, is Angel is is that is that the first one, and then London yeah. has fallen came out. No, there's three now. You've got Olympus has fallen. I've London, seen that one. London has fallen, and, and Angel has fallen. Olympus is is pretty good. Uh, you know, for an action film, it's I think it's all right. Uh, London, I, it's, I hate, I hate London as for I can't begin to tell you how much I just detest that film. <laughs> and then Angel Has Fallen was, I thought might be the best one in the series. I was skeptical. I really didn't want to watch it because the second one's so bad. Well, I think Is so. Is it all the same actors, Jerry Butler? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Jer- Jerry Butler still. He's just going around punching things and saying fuck quite a lot. <laughs> fuck off! I'm innocent. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up. It's just basically variations on him saying fuck. But I enjoy it. Um, and last night I watched a film called Into the Wild, which I've never seen before. Um, oh, that is so good. It's all right. Yes. Yeah, it's all right. It's a bit long, isn't it? A bit long. It's a bit long. It's a bit long and drawn out. And it's a bit like... Is this the like, kid that he, he just graduates and then yeah. just like throws everything and he just goes into the wild once to go to Alaska? That's it, yeah, and he just starts making his yeah. north, and it's directed by Sean Penn, and it was, I mean, I think he annoyed me quite a lot. His character got on my nerves. Like, everything he said, I just felt like he just felt like he was better than everyone else. He just said everything with this little smirk on his face, and I was just thinking, oh, mm. you But then, <laughs> spoilers for Into the Wild, right? But then it gets to the end, and he's dead, and I felt bad about... <laughs> 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 he hates wrong berry and then they find him in a bus that's yeah. a true story actually isn't it's a true it? story and it's it is true a, story? yeah apparently yeah. so and it's um it is a really good story and yeah t- i mean hard one especially for his family like he goes away he doesn't they don't know where he is and then a couple of years later they just find his body but it so it's a bit of a bit of a downer but good good story just a bit long mm. uh, and that's it that's all i've watched Let's move on to the main reason why we're here, and it's to talk about our double bill films that we chose last week. And the theme was your theme. That you was it your theme? Did you pick it? It was my theme. Yes, movies set in a day. Set in a day. So anything less than twenty-four hours. And the films that we chose were Rope and Grandma. And Grandma. Grandma and Rope. Which one did you watch first? I watched Grandma first. Did you? You did the opposite. Yeah. Let's start with Grandma. Right. So 2015. This was this was from your list, Grandma. Yes. And I knocked out two others to get to that. 
but 2015, directed by Paul Weitz, I think you pronounce his name, W-E-I-T-Z. He directed American Pie and About a Boy. It stars Lily Tomlin as Elle, Julie Garner as Sage. Oh, Julie Garner, young girl Sage. She's in The Assistant, which we spoke about uh, last episode, I think. She's, yes. she's the main role in The Assistant, and she also plays a character called Ruth in Ozark. And she's probably the best character in that show as well. She's really funny, really aggressive with people. So yeah, she's, sure. I see her more and more, and the more I see her, the more she's, I think she's excellent. And then a couple of other people, Judy Greer as Olivia, Sam Elliott as Cole, and John Cho briefly as Chow. And synopsis from Letterboxd is... I need to open this up. Self-described misanthrope L. Reed has her protective bubble burst when her 18-year-old granddaughter, Sage, shows up needing help. The two of them go on a day-long journey that causes L to come to terms with her past and Sage to confront her future. So that's a pretty good synopsis. You've got L, the grandmother, or Lily Tomlin, and then you've got Sage, the granddaughter, and you've got that kind of that generation gap between them. So budget was 600000 and the worldwide box office was 7.2 million, which not was more bad. Than, not bad. I was expecting it to be less than that, to be honest. When I saw the budget, I thought, oh, you know, maybe it got a limited release and stuff. But 7 million is not a bad return on, on 600 grand, is it? And um, they shot it in like 16 days. Oh, actually, hold on. I, I wrote it, it down. I think, I think yeah, I saw no, 19 somewhere. So I meant, yeah, I think they were saying it. I watched. Um, Watch something and they said it was done 16, 16, 19, more or less. We'll go half. We'll, we'll say 17 and a half days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So quick, quick turnaround. But yeah, so for opening scene, okay. So opening scene, we've got Elle and she's breaking up with her partner, Olivia. And it, I mean, you can see why they're breaking up because there's a 600 year age difference between them. <laughs> but it turns out that that Elle um, had lost her partner Violet a year and a half yeah. previous, which we learn later. But yeah, we're introduced to Elle um, amidst this breakup and they're breaking up and, you know, it feels like it's probably the right thing to do. Um, but her granddaughter, Sage, turns up with $18 and uh, she's pregnant. So she has already made an appointment with the abortion clinic abortion 5.45 yeah. I think the time was but um something and it's like, like it's like 9am or something so says Grandler I've got this appointment at 6 o'clock I've got no money it's going to cost $600 I need your help so uh, Gran um, hasn't got any money either she's a famous or used to be like a famous poet like big, big in the feminist movement in the 60s I guess that sort of era yeah and um she has got, but she's got no money because she's paid off all her debts. She's got no credit cards. She's cut up all her credit cards. She's made a wind chime out of them. She, she says that she's, she was transmogrifying her life into art, which I thought was quite, quite, quite a good line. But it's just about their journey to the abortion clinic and they've got to raise this money. So the first, the first stop, I think, is all that, no, it all suggests to go to a free abortion clinic, doesn't she? She says, I know this free place. That's right. She goes, yeah, I know, a, I know a place locally, and it ends up being a. It's turned into a coffee shop now. Yeah. That's a, that sells drip shit coffee. Yeah. American drip shit coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's um, it's John John Cho, I think, that works there. But mm-hmm. your portion clinic's no more. No success at that that place. So they carry on to the ex 
boyfriends or the person that got Sage pregnant, the boy, and he's yeah. uh, just a bellend and he playing around with his hockey stick and uh, doesn't give an absolute shit. Doesn't give a shit. And they but they decide to rob him. His name's Cam, isn't it? And she says to him, um, some people she says to him, some people shouldn't grow beards. Uh, your face looks like an armpit. And that made me laugh. But they, they nick they nick fifty dollars off him and a bag of weed, didn't they? <laughs> so So they so they've got like sixty-eight dollars by this point, I think. Yeah, and then they head to a tattoo parlor where um, one of her mates works there. That's it. And her, her mate kind of owes her a favour or, or I guess and but they they try to get some money, but she her mate hasn't got any money. The tattoo uh to a tattoo artist what do you call a tattoo person? Tattoo artist tattoo Tattooist? Yeah, tattoo artist. <laughs> Tattooist? No, like I, I reckon tattoo tattoo artist. I like tattooist. I like pianist. I'm going to start saying tattooist. <laughs> I don't care if it's right. I just like it. So the tattooist. So unfortunately, she can't give her any money, but they do They do give her a tattoo. They get the an O tattooed on it. Letter O. Shoulder, yeah. Um. So they move on. So they're just moving basically from place to place to try and raise this money. And I think probably the most interesting part, I think, or the most interesting section was when they went to go and see Carl, Sam Elliott. Yeah. And uh, They shot that in a couple of days. Did they? Uh, did you look this up? Yeah. I looked this up. I saw a couple of interviews. with Who, um, who with? Uh, it was with Lily. Yeah. Um, the director... Carl's character Sam yeah. and Sage. Yeah. Oh, nice. I might I might look those up because um yeah. Yeah, I really liked that. I really liked this scene. It was if it would you say it was shot over a couple of days? Yeah, makes, they only, they had him for two days. That makes that makes sense, I guess. But yeah, he was a really good character in it. He wasn't in it an awful. It was maybe like a ten minute sequence of the film, but I guess it was a short film. So 10 minutes is quite a lot of the film, if you know what I mean. It's quite an important section. But I really liked how you went into their history. They haven't seen each other for 30 years. It turns out that Elle and him were married 49 years ago, I think they said. And she had he's had been him. He's been married a number of times as well. Four times, yeah. Four, he's been married four times. and he had 11 kids. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like seven kids and 11 grandchildren or something. And... Uh, Elle actually okay. remarks, she says, oh, you're a patriarchy. You like, yeah, which, um, which rings true later on as well, because obviously they're there to try and uh, borrow some money. And obviously she's desperate. She hasn't seen him for, for 30 years, but still she wants, this, this, she wants to borrow this money from him. But when he learns that it's for an abortion, he decides not to give it to her because of their past. And Elwood had his baby aborted. But what I really liked about that scene is they, they set him up as... A pa- like patriarch and he was the one saying no so it was quite um yeah it was quite i thought it was quite a powerful scene to be honest i thought it was quite good it was quite it was very well done and he felt like a real character and i like i really and he made me laugh i loved the bit when he went i'm just going to go out to work on my jeep and he goes outside and it's like a little radio control car <laughs> you know one of those little mini ones yeah it was really funny it really made me laugh this film there was a bit of a improv I, um, What's there? Yeah, oh. Lily. Well, Lily's got a bit of a uh, in, a comedy background. It's mainly comedy so, and, background, yeah. Yeah, and the the director actually kind of wrote this film and had her in mind for the character yeah. as well. 
there's a lot of serious themes happening in this film and it could have been really heavy if you know what i mean but mm -hmm. i really liked that it was kept light i felt like it it kind of walked that path between heavy like dark and funny quite well it wasn't too funny it wasn't too dark it kind of balanced it, it and it didn't it was obvious in its attentions it was pro-choice it was pro like you know if you want an abortion there was there were trans characters there are lesbian characters it was a feminist film and it but it wasn't like it wasn't presented in a way that was like fuck you to the patriarchy do you know what i mean it was it was just it felt real to me i and i really enjoyed it i, I just yeah. I it was like a really well balanced funny breezed through quite nicely and it was short and it was simple and i'm a bit i do like these simple films uh, something else that I found out was, you know, the car that uh, Al had? Yes. That's Lily Tomlin's actual car. It's her own car? Yeah. Awesome. And they used it for the shoot. Yeah. And then also she used her own, uh, her own outfits. Really? For the shoot as well. So her own, her own costume, her own car. So what you're saying is that she got paid by the transport department. She got paid by the set deck department. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was half, over half a mil film. So not too much money went into it. No. I guess. Well, I guess it all fed into that character as well, right? It was all of the quirks of that character, especially if it was written for her. It seemed to all work pretty well. And that I really liked that car. But I really liked some of those scenes when... It was running out of petrol and uh, Sage says, oh, should it be making that noise? And it's making that running out of petrol noise. And, and Elle goes, oh, it just makes that noise. It's, it's supposed to sound like that. I mean, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a decent film. Eight out of 10 for me or four on Letterboxd. I believe I gave it four stars. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say eight, and eight out of 10. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. For sure. So enough, enough grandma talk. Let's discuss rope which was one of my picks it was on my list and you knocked out two others to end up with rope and it's 1948 it's directed by alfred hitchcock it's the second oldest film i've ever seen um ever yeah ever really seen. yeah it's 1948 that's pretty good for me i think i said last week during lockdown i've been trying to catch up with a lot of older older classics yeah, that's true. And actually, the oldest film that I would ever seen was Casablanca. And Albert had given me that for Stitch Up, but it's a brilliant film, so the joke ended mm. up being on him. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is the second oldest film I've ever seen. And it stars John Dahl as Brandon, Farley Granger as Philip, James Stewart as Rupert. And then you've got a few other characters in there, but then they don't play a huge part it's mainly those three characters brandon philip and rupert and the synopsis is two men attempt to prove they committed the perfect crime by hosting a dinner party after strangling their former classmate to death so i it's because it's an old film it's hard to find much information about it but yeah I, I i found a budget i don't know if it's accurate it seems like a lot 1.5 million yeah because it's all shot in one studio it's all shot in one studio yeah you can tell it's a studio as well you can see you can see the um in <laughs> the backdrop the painting, new york backdrop yeah <laughs> you see they've, they've done the houses and they've done smoke coming out of the like the closest and house. there's like a little house yeah and then there's like one little house that goes doot, 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 <laughs> the light goes on and off <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
But it basically just goes straight into the apartment and Philip and Brandon have got a rope around who we later learn is their mate, David's neck, and they're strangling him. They've got the curtains drawn and they kill him. And they've got this chest sitting in the middle of the living room and they decide to stuff him in the chest, open the curtains, and they've invited their mates around for a party because they, they're kind of high society, I guess, and they just want to prove that they're above murder and morals. And there's this whole kind of Friedrich Nietzsche thing going on. All, the whole time that their mates are there, they, this body's in the chest and Rupert is the main guy that they're... It feels like they're, they're trying to impress him. Yeah, the whole he's a, he he used to be their professor, right? Yeah, he was their he was he was their teacher, and I I think he he said in the film that he taught them Nietzsche, because Philip is very nervous. They've just killed mm. someone. Philip is like kind of losing his mind a little bit, and but Brandon is completely mad. He he's just like kind of dropping hints. He's saying to people, "Oh, you know, surely you know we can kill people." And one person even remarks that if they killed the right people, then there would be less cues to get show tickets and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's all a hypothetical sort of conversation. And Brandon and Philip have obviously taken this all literally. Uh, and that's why they've killed their mate and, and stuffed him in a, in a chest. But Philip's kind of slowly giving things away and Rupert kind of interrogates him a little bit and starts asking him questions. He can see things are not quite right. I guess it, it ramps up, his suspicions ramp up a little bit. As he's leaving, he goes to put a hat on and it's a little hat and it doesn't fit on his head. It just, it just perches on the top of his head like that. Well, and he learns also, it's David's. A, it's his, uh, David's initials are on the yeah. inside. Yeah. So, idiots, right? So, <laughs> they think they're meant to be these, these really clever people. They thought everything through and they forgot about the hat. When, when I picked this, I'd never known, I'd never knew that it was meant, it was shot and made to look like a single take. And it wasn't. Yeah, I. Did you know you that? You noticed that through them. No, I didn't know that. I watched, I noticed it while I was watching that. Yeah, same. I, I noticed completely by accident. I think it was when, uh, when David was going for, they were kind of trying to set up the chest because they wanted the body to be in the same room as the party. And mm. they started putting candelabras and books and stuff on, on the chest. And as Good David time. goes for the books, the camera goes behind his back and it you know, starts again. Yeah. That, 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 te that technique that they, that they use, they use quite a lot nowadays, I guess. And they go behind the back and they, they, that, that's the cut point. I thought I was like there. And that was maybe like 15 minutes into the film. I thought, is this meant to be a single take? And I was, I was so I was really happy when I, when I found out that it was, because I really I'm a sucker for a single take film. I love it, and obviously 1917 most recently sort of does that. Yes, oh does God, that. So I mean, good. that's the kind of the ultimate single take. But this, it's very good. I mean, it's an old bloody old film, and I guess uh, yeah, I just didn't. I didn't. It would have been relatively new as well. I guess yeah. I don't. I don't know. Must be any. Yeah, well, it's not like I've watched many old films, but I've never, that's probably the first time I've seen such a classic. Yeah. And seeing it done in that one take yeah. uh, way. Yeah. I know um, every, every take, because I watched a little, I uh, watched an interview with Alfred and uh, he Alfredo. said that each, Alfredo, and those uh, one takes were about 10 minutes each, he was saying, right. up to. Yeah. 
more or less. Yeah. And he, he um he mentioned with the opening scene, so you know you see them kill David, put him in the chest, and then they go into the kitchen and they move all this the you know the dining room stuff back into the main room. Yeah. And apparently when they shot that the first time, at when they came back, there was an electrician in the back uh, fixing the backdrop. He's like, ah, oh, no way. Okay, we have to do the, we have to do the scene again. Yeah. Bloody spot. <laughs> he's like, cut. Need to do that again. <laughs> the whole electrical department is fired. Yeah. Oh dear, I bet he lost his shit at that. <laughs> but yeah. Made a little bit of trivia. About oh, nice. Film. That's interesting. Well, I, 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 yeah, I had no idea that it was going to be one single take, and it really adds, like this kind of film, I think it felt like it really added to the tension for me, especially there was one scene in particular where I think they're coming towards the end of the party and the maid is starting to remove all of the things from the chest, but so the camera's mm. facing the chest, but also the hallway. Yeah. And she comes, she takes the candelabras off, she takes them into the hallway, and then um, she just keeps coming backwards and forwards to the other room. Yeah. And then eventually she gets, and the whole time you're thinking, fucking hell, she's going to open the chest in a minute. And then you're thinking, Brandon, what are you doing? Like, I'm thinking, mate, come on, pay attention. And then very last minute, they go to open the chest and he just closes it. And he's like, oh. And he's just Brian, you can do it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, cool as a cucumber. Um, Phillips just meanwhile crying Ooh, like a baby in the corner. Shit. Weeping, yeah. yeah. I know there was a little bit of an edit like the chair, how they shot the chair in that final scene wasn't exactly how it was positioned, but that's just like a little thing that I noticed. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because I think the chair was faced as though the back was facing the camera, yeah. where the whole time it was facing the window. That was just a little thing from there. Probably, it was probably that electrician. He buggers off, doesn't he? Rupert goes, he leaves the party, but then uses the excuse to come back that he's left his cigarette case. And um, long story short, he, he finds the body in the chest because Brandon almost wants him to know. Brandon wants him to know about it, doesn't he? He wants him to find out and he wants Rupert to agree. Because especially because Rupert was kind of advocating the murder earlier in the film, he was saying, Rupert was saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had if people could just murder whoever they wanted. And another character remarks, well, what do you mean? People, you can't just go around killing whoever you want. And he says, no, well, what if you just have a week, you know, you have murder week or strangulation day. And, <laughs> like uh, the purge. Like the purge. So it turns out that he's, um, he's invented the purge. Rupert, James Stewart is the inventor of the purge. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this. It was a, it's a nine, it's a nine out of 10 film for me. I, I thought it was really good. I, I'm, when it comes to these single location or these movies set in a day, those kind of real time films, I do automatically kind of quite like them just because of the way that they're told. Mm. I can't think of a bad one. I'm sure there are. We'll have to find one to stitch up. But yeah, that always <laughs> seem to enjoy simple films a lot more. And this yeah. is probably one of the simplest. And, and also films that don't drag on for yeah, too long as well. Because this film was also like an 80 minute yeah. film even less maybe yeah we've had quite an easy week this week haven't we we watched two short yeah. films well <laughs> i've watched two short films <laughs> you said nine. nine i also will give it a nine yeah let's cut the rope short and uh move on to the next <laughs> section shit jokes oh, i hate myself sometimes fucking fucking bad <laughs> jokes let's move on
Okay. Let's move Let's on. Move on. Next section. <laughs> We're going to pick the films. So because it's my pick, I, I've got a um, theme in mind and I've decided to go for single location movies. Now, I kind of got this idea from watching Grandma and Ropes, more, more specifically Rope, that is shot in a single location. We watched Get Out for the last episode. That's kind of single location. One of your uh, options for last for this week's was uh, Twelve Angry Men. I watched that uh, during the week as well. That's also oh. single yep. location as well. Yeah, that's single location. So I've been watching quite a few, and there's there are loads. And I I went on. I asked a question on Instagram. What what kind of single location films would you kind of recommend? And someone on my followers get to the movies. Uh, they gave me uh, a load of suggestions. Right, so I've got three. Um, my first pick, 2013 film starring Tom Hardy called Lock. Pick number two is Panic Room, mm-hmm. 2002, Jodie Foster. And my last pick is 2009 film directed by Duncan Jones and it's called Moon. Okay. And they are my three picks. So what Sweet. have you got? The assistant is number one. The assistant, okay. Yeah. Uh, Ex Machina is my second. I thought he was going to say X Men. X Men. Ex Machina, yeah. that is a fantastic choice. I never thought about it. I haven't, I haven't seen it and I really want to watch that film. Okay. Definitely. As well as The Assistant. Okay. And the final one is The Invitation. What, we've now got six choices. I chose Lock, Panic Room, and Moon, and you've chosen The Assistant, Ex Machina, and The Invitation. I need to knock one of yours out straight away, and you need to knock one of mine out straight away. Do you know what you're going to... Have you got a gut feeling of what you're going to... Yeah. You're nodding. It's a podcast, so they can't hear you. Panic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to knock out Panic Room. Panic Room. Yeah. I've seen it before. Okay. I'm going to get rid of the invitation. Okay. I'm going to get rid of that I, because I watched about half an hour of it about three months ago and I didn't find it very interesting. Okay. Things didn't really start happening and I don't know. It was late at night, so maybe I need to give it another go. But not this time. It's gone. And that leaves us with four. I've got Lock and Moon and you've got the assistant and ex machina. Do you want me to start with Lock? Yeah. As with many of these single location films, it's a short one. It's 85 minutes. And uh, I'll read you the synopsis. So Ivan Locke has worked hard to craft a good life for himself. Tonight, that life will collapse around him. On the eve of the biggest challenge of his career, Ivan receives a phone call that sets in motion a series of events that will unravel his family, job, and soul. Mm. So So Locke is about... Tom Hardy's character. I believe he's the only character in the film. He does talk to other people, but it's through telephone calls and voicemails and things like that. Uh, He is, if I remember rightly, he's kind of working in the city during the week and it's maybe a Friday night. He's like a site manager, site supervisor or something. Uh, He's like the head honcho on this building site and he's doing all these really important concrete pours and this high pressure job. And he's leaving that job on a Friday to go back to his, his family and it's about his journey from work to home and things that have been going on in his life and think certain things are revealed and it's his character goes through this whole journey on that journey 
Moon came out in 2009 and it was directed by Duncan Jones, who's he's the son of David Bowie. Duncan Jones. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Cool. So <laughs> with only three weeks left in his three-year contract, Sam Bell is getting anxious to finally return to Earth. He is the only occupant of a moon-based manufacturing facility along with his computer and assistant, Gertie. When he has an accident, however, he awakens to find that he is not alone. So yeah, it's, um, Sam Rockwell, is, he's on his own. He's on the moon. He's like mining for precious resources, sending them back to Earth. And you can't say much about this film without giving away the premise. So I'm just going to leave it there. Sam Rockwell is actually probably one of my favorite actors, I would say. And um, Duncan Jones is a very interesting filmmaker. This is maybe my favorite Duncan Jones film. And now before you knock one of those out, you need to tell me about yours. Okay. So Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Uh, Machina. Right. Uh, Caleb. A 26-year-old coder at a world at the world's largest internet company wins a competition to spend a week at a private mountain retreat belonging to Nathan, the uh, reclusive CEO of a of the company. But when Caleb arrives at the remote location, he finds he will interact with the world's first true artificial intelligence. And you haven't seen That's it. Right. I haven't seen it. A 2014 film. It feels like it's older than that. It feels like it's been around forever. I guess that is six years now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's that one. Ex Machina. Hey. So The Assistant is 2019 film. So looking in a day of a life of an assistant to a powerful uh, executive. Again, it's a very simple setup. I watched this a little about a month ago. It's got um, it's got Julie Garner in it again, which who we mentioned, who's in Grandma. She plays Sage in that, and she's roofing Ozark. Yeah, and it's an uncomfortable film, but it's very relevant in the current climate. Okay, so we've got four: Lock, Moon, The Assistant, Ex Machina. We've done the read-throughs. I'm fairly convinced about what i want to watch out of yours i think uh how do you feel about my two out of lock and moon they both seem really good i think i'm leading more to lock okay i'm gonna knock out i'm, I'm gonna knock out moon you're gonna knock moon out yeah moon is gone yeah i think a bit of a selfish reason but the the reason i'm gonna knock out the assistant is because i've seen, seen it, it recently seen it really recently for our um, next episode, single location films, and also my birthday episode, we're going for Locke and Ex Machina. So we're going for Tom Hardy versus Oscar Isaacs. Isaacs? Isaac? He's good in this as well, by the way. He's good. He's, he's really good in Ex Machina. He's nasty. He nasty. <laughs> he nasty. He nasty boy. He motherfucker. <laughs> right. We're done with our choices. <sighs> You know what that means, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> it means that we're moving on to Stitch Up. And last time we'd done a poll, I did a poll, mm. and you lost the poll, and you had to watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Nicole, how was Beverly Hills Chihuahua the sequel? Oh my God, it was amazing. It was fucking great, mate. Genuinely. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was watching throughout the film, I was like, just like, Laughing at how cringeworthy the the dialogue and I mean, if you're in a kid, way? yeah. In what way was it you, like cheesy or? 
So cheesy. Oh my word. Well, so it's, cheesy. It's a kid's film, isn't it? It's, it's called Beverly Hills Chihuahua. If it weren't cheesy, I would have been really disappointed. <laughs> okay, so uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2 came out in 2011. Okay. Uh, budget was 12 mil. It did 29.6 million, but it went, I think it went straight to DVD. Okay, that makes sense. Beginning scene, the inner church looks like. Well, the dog's uh, in the church. Yeah, well, like, it just, it looks like it's just two people getting married, but in, in the end, it's actually two, two chihuahuas getting married. <laughs> Well, oh, are they? Did they decide to do this on their own, or were they forced into it by their human parents? No, they wanted to do this. Did they and, oh, and like, and the humans were like, "Oh, we're so happy! You know, we planned this <laughs> wedding. It's fantastic." Did they bark their vows? They said, "I do" by barking, but you, you know how they do with those type of films. They, they word it out as though that they can speak English. What they human. subtitled it, or they they actually had the voices. They, they they actually had voices. Okay. But like for obviously humans, all they can hear is whoa, 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 whoa. Right, got it. So the dogs communicate yeah. with each other like humans do, but the humans just yeah. hear barking. Yeah. So according to the humans, then the dogs are just barking constantly. You'd fucking get rid of them, wouldn't you? <laughs> I love dogs, but if it barked constantly, I'd think, mate. I got a dog story, but I'll leave that to later. Okay. Um. So. Dog story or dog in story. Dog, dog, sorry, Jesus Christ, not dogging. I mean, oh no, that's probably social distancing. You shouldn't be doing dogging right now. No, you shouldn't be doing anyway. dogging. You shouldn't be doing <laughs> shouldn't dogging. Do it in during the lockdown. I believe uh, dogging's actually been made uh, illegal now. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Anyway. <laughs> so all, so they get married, Hills it's cheesy, there's dogs. Like, what's the main plot of this film? So Rachel and Sam, they own one of each of the dogs. Yeah, and Rachel is heading either to the Amazon or to the jungle with her the auntie website. for six months. No, 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 <laughs> to like the jungle. Got it properly. <laughs> yeah, um, to you know, do a bit of research kind of thing. So he takes care of the the dogs, and Chloe and Pappy they end up having puppies four months down the track. Oh, hang on, is this is this after they got married? Yeah, so like it goes four months later, and then they've got five little pups. Good. I don't, anyway. I'm glad to know that there's no premarital sex. In, <laughs> <problem>. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Sam's taking care of the puppies, and he decides to go down to see his family. Yeah. Further down in LA, and uh, rocks up, and then sees all these letters, like notice letters, you know, final payments. Like, oh, Dad, what's going on? And he goes, oh. No, my back's been out, so I haven't been able to work. So he goes to the bank, and the bank says, "Oh, if you don't give us forty thousand by the end of the month, then we'll have to take your house." So the pup, you know, the dogs find out. They're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" And then they see this advert for this dog show, and they're like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> prize forty thousand dollars, <laughs> fifty thousand. Let's let's enter this dog show." Anyway, they enter the dog show. Yeah. Ends up being between Pappy and this uh, poodle. And Pappy loses because he's a, he doesn't have papers or he's a, he's a he's wild. Is he an immigrant he's dog? A, yep. Actually, Chihuahua, it's the smallest dog. And the name comes from a Mex uh, Mexico City. Does it? Called Chihuahua. 
Oh, yeah. well, you learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> Fun trivia. Did you learn that when you were watching this film or did you know that already? No, I Googled it. I was like, oh, I should find out some fun facts about actual chihuahuas. And I was like, <laughs> oh, smallest dog. And it's named after a Mexican city. Have you got more chihuahua facts? No. Shall oh, I find some more? <laughs> you should have sizzled it. You should have, you should have teased it. You should have been like, I've got some chihuahua facts for you. And I would have been like, oh, Ooh. wait till the end. That's all right. You've spoiled um, me already. Go on. What, what, um, what else then? So they're in this competition. Does the poodle talk? The poodle talks. She's like really fancy and she's French and she <laughs> acts French. She acts French, but she's actually from Venice or something or like Venice Beach. Anyway, so they head home, you know, they've lost this competition, completely shattered. They're like, oh, you know, we need to find a way to find this money. And there's been these massive bank robberies within LA. And they want to find these uh, burglars that keep on ba- uh, robbing banks. And this, uh, what the the bank where um, they got the loan from yeah. gets robbed, and the Chihuahuas go there, and they suddenly hop into uh, one of the money bags, and then get taken back to the location. And it, long story short, you know they found the criminals. So, and whoever found the criminals. Gets a two thousand, uh, two hundred thousand, wow. uh, reward. Wow! So they get their house back plus a bit of extra cash. Wow! Okay, so they pay off the debts and they've still got one hundred and sixty grand. Did they? Did they? Yeah. Did they split it between the dogs? Well, it's the adults. The adults one that got the money. God, they got their house back. They deserve some of that money. I say they should. Maybe they should. haven't. Maybe maybe in. Uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3 maybe that's when you find out that what they do with all that extra cash actually at the end uh, Sam and Rachel Sam proposes to Rachel and then they're in the backyard you know having a little party yeah a little little party with the dogs and his parents and herself and her auntie and that's how it ends and they, li- ha- they live happily ever after yeah oh mate this sounds fucking terrible <laughs> 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 I was just like, I was um, I was doing some sewing or I was cutting out the the pattern when I was uh, watching this, and I was just like, my god, this is so fucking cheesy. Mind you, if I I remember when I was like ten, Cats and Dogs came out, and I oh, loved yeah. that film when I was that, younger. And then I is that's the the one where they're fighting, isn't it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. And then I watched it relative well maybe a few years back and i was just like this is shit yeah but like yeah i guess when you're a kid you enjoy these type of films but when you get older you're like this is so cheesy and rubbish never when you're a kid as well you've never seen anything like it before like if you yeah. the first film that i ever watched when i was a kid was about a talking dog i think i would have been like this is crazy it's the best thing i've ever seen but yeah not now we know better now don't we yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, I'm glad because because uh, last time you you didn't mind um you didn't mind the last one, did you? So I'm glad that Lola you... was yeah. LOL wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad. I mean, was it even though it was wasn't... in German? Yeah, <laughs> German subtitles German in French. Subtitles, yeah. So God, Beverly Hills Chihuahua two rubbish. So are you going to score it for me? Yeah, I'll get it. Give it a four. Justin's legs. Four. four. Should I give it four? Maybe we should give it three and a half. Right. Okay. Good job. <laughs> so moving on then to the uh, 
to the next bit where we find out who's actually going to watch the stitch up film for the next episode mm-hmm. we've been doing the polls last week you did one, or last episode i did one um this episode you've done one and this time you chose for me cats um and i chose for you jonas brothers but uh yeah so how did you did you put the poll on I know that you put the I poll did. on. I voted for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I put the poll on. I was in I was in the middle of uh, Mount Macedon. I was like, oh fuck, I better do this. So then bad <laughs> decision to put to put it on my end because like a few of my guy mates, they just have it against me. It's the same for and me. Said, like, my mates vote against me as well. So. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh no. Okay. So there was ten ten votes. Okay. In the end. Yeah. So it wasn't fifty fifty then? Is there a winner? It wasn't 50. There is a winner. Okay. Uh, with six votes. Yeah. Dan's watching Cats. No, he's not. He's not watching Cats. Not watching Cats. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You are. <laughs> you know what? If I lost this week, I was potentially willing to watch Cats instead. No, this podcast is over. I'm leaving. You are. It's no six. There was ten votes. Six, six votes went to you, mate. I want to recount. I want to. Re, I want to recount. I want evidence. Where's the evidence? Can we send you the evidence? Yes. Oh wait, I can. Can I? Can you see that? Six votes for Dan. All right. Uh, oh, hang on. Who did, who did Dimitri vote? Dimitri voted for me, <laughs> fucker. Oh, you wait. <laughs> I didn't have to convince him at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm doing the next poll. You do, right. you do realise that next week is my birthday episode. or next, And I've got to watch Cats. and talk about Cats for my birthday. <laughs> Happy fucking birthday, Dan. Happy fucking birthday. McCavity. Jason Derulo. Fair enough. So all there is to do then is to announce what we're picking for the next poll, which I'm doing. I'm going to say my film because it will give you inspiration to be like, fuck you. I'm going to give you a really shit film. Okay. So mine, mine's called Glitter. Glitter. That that is a musical. Is it a musical? Well, she's... Or it's, it's about like, singing. It's about, yeah, she's trying to get into the biz. Oh, yes, not good, not good. All right, Glitter with Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. So I need to pick something for you. Beverly Hills Trial 3. Oh, fuck you, mate! <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking you didn't enjoy it that much. You thought you gave it a free. And, fuck um, you. Oh, Apparently three is worse than two, and uh, and but if you lose, if you lose this time, you can't do anything else while you're watching it. You just got to watch it. You got you got to soak in all of the magic of Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Right. So next poll then: Glitter versus Beverly Hills Chihuahua three for you, and uh, I'll put that poll on during the week, and then we'll find out the results on the next episode. So that's it for for films that have been that were set in a day. Next episode is, I think I mentioned, it's my birthday and we're going to be doing single location films. And then we're going to find out who lost Stitch Up and all that nonsense. And I've got to watch Bloody Cats. How did I forget that? 
I'm so fucking excited to hear this review. Yeah, I bet you are. That's, <laughs> I can't watch it today. I, don't, I can't face it today. I mean, it might make you happy. I don't think it's going to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, just a hunch. I think it's going to make me very angry, to be honest. I hope that I can enjoy it. I hope that I can like enjoy it for, <laughs> for what it is, you know, rather than be annoyed at it. But yeah, if you want to catch up with uh, me, I'm on Instagram at flick.face or email the show at twinpixpod at gmail.com. How are you doing with your social media stuff? Uh, you can find me on Instagram on mm. Nika Creative mm. or Chica Nika. There's a little bit of uh, stuff happening on Facebook on Nika Creative. Yeah. And posting Facebook a few page. things on uh, on the website, nikacreative.com. You're posting on there now, are you? A little bit. Yeah. You've been putting your stop motions and stuff on there. Yeah. Cool. I haven't posted. A, a, last week I posted on how I created the stop motion, the Make-A-Wish stop motion. So like like a how-to how to video. Yeah. Awesome. And you, I did mine on... I did mine on the on a phone, so anyone can make one. Yeah. Really easy. Let's go. That's it. I'm gonna go. I'm going. I'm going to go and watch cats. See you later. Right. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yum yum yum. <laughs> not even. Not even responding to that.